Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 52 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty and today's Saturday, 1040 a.m. I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How we doing? Good. A bit tired. We had a uh, smash night last night. It was a late night. I wasn't planning on staying very long, but I ended up holding my weight. I stayed until about, I don't know, what, 1130-ish? Yeah. Something like that. Then I got a text from Lauren that she was just making sure everything was going okay, and she showed a picture of Scooby sleeping on his back, and I was like, I gotta go. (laughs) Gotta relieve her of Scooby watching duties. Selfishly, of course, because Scooby is the best dog ever. That's a fact, actually. Yeah. He's a great little dog. But couple things here so i'm actually using new a new computer to record uh new audio software new everything because as everyone knew in the last episode i ninja star through my uh playstation vita at my macbook pro and that kind of cracked my screen the screen was already cracked but this really completely destroyed my computer if you follow me on twitter i actually posted a picture of what it looked like trying to record and edit the podcast and it was an extreme workaround because if i in any way moved my computer or even the table that the computer was on the screen went completely black because the crack on the internal piece of the screen it just completely rendered the computer useless for the most part it still works i mean it's all the you know programs and everything work just fine it's just the screen that's completely screwed and i can't remember if i talked about this on the podcast or not but i went to best buy the following day after i uploaded the episode and i asked um the Geek Squad people, how much it would cost to replace the screen. And he took it back and did a diagnostic and said that, yes, it is repairable, but it's going to run you about $1,000. And I was like, that's pretty steep considering the MacBook cost like $1,800 to begin with. Yeah. And so he, of course, was like a marketing pro and was just like, so you want me to just go ahead and run that through and we can take you up to the front desk? And I'm like, no, I don't know. I mean, for that price, I kind of want to just potentially get a new computer. And he's like, okay, well, I can give uh, you a Best Buy credit card, you know, 18 months, same as cash, 0% financing, we'll get you a new MacBook, I can go run that and get that right now, hook you up with some um, Apple Apple Care Office 360 Pro. He's just like running through the list of things that he's just like, cha-ching, cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching. He's like, I'll run you up right to the front desk. Are you, are you ready? And I'm like, what did I just sign up for? I'm like, no, I need to go home and sleep on this. So you just mentioned, I'm thinking about a Dell, and like everyone in the like Apple store turns their heads and like yeah. looks at you. So I was like, I need to go home and think about this. And he's like, okay, no problem. So I went home, and Laura and I were actually going through our finances that day, and of course she has this ridiculous spreadsheet with she does. every scenario possible: whether the market crashes, whether we make one percent more each year, whether we make five percent more each year. Every scenario you could think of, Lauren has it on a spreadsheet and mapped out for the next like 40 years. So thankfully, Lauren and I are kind of in a good place financially. And I said, hey, um, it's going to cost a grand to fix this screen. And she was already like, no, you're not getting another Mac or you're not fixing that Mac because it's probably going to break in a year anyways. And she's like, well, then I asked her, I was like, what if I get a PC? What if I do some research? I figure out the cost and I pitch that to you and we just kind of um, remap our finances to budget for this this computer and she's like yeah that's fine so that night I did some research and I was researching some of the best PCs on a budget mm-hmm. and I came across this Asus 
whatever the heck this is called. It's a, it's a mouthful of a title. It's an Asus Mac or Asus PC, I should say. <laughs> Definitely and, not a Mac. And it was it was twelve hundred dollars, and it was on sale. It was typically seventeen hundred dollars. It's four times more powerful, four times more storage space, and the screen size is four and a half inches larger than my MacBook Pro. So I pitched it to Lauren, and she was like, "Yeah, that's fine." But before I bought it and pulled the trigger, I wanted to ask someone that's, that knows about PC because I don't want to just blindly buy a PC and figure out, "Oh, this is just a piece of crap." Yeah. So I asked the one, the only. Jason Heine, he did the intro to the show that you heard four minutes ago, and he wasn't responding, so I pitched two PCs to him, this one and another one that I can't remember the name of, and I literally had this PC in my Amazon shopping cart, because I was just ready to go at that point, and he didn't reply, so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to take a gamble, just drop in $1,200 like there's no tomorrow, clicked buy it now, woke up the next morning with a message in my inbox, Jason just went on and on and on about how the Asus was the computer to go to. Yeah. And he even said that he's wanting to get a new rig for when he travels, and this is the computer that he wants to buy. So that was a huge reassuring message because otherwise, I mean, Amazon's so good that if it, I could have canceled the order. It didn't ship yet. Yeah. Uh, I could have canceled it and grabbed the other one, but glad I went with this one. I've had two weeks to spend with the machine and absolutely no regrets never going back to Mac computers. There's just no way that I could. The biggest thing, though, for me has been learning how to record this podcast because that was the biggest driver in wanting to get this computer because Ryan and I love doing this and we wanted to continue to do it, but I couldn't do it with the Mac just because I, I haven't even been able to transfer my files over because, I mean, I have it backed up, but I don't have my music and iTunes backed up. So I can't open up the machine for more than 30 seconds without it. Because <clears throat> well, it, like, black screened right after we ended our last recording. Yeah, we got so lucky that we were able to get that episode out because, as Ryan said, like, literally after I pulled my headphones and um, the mics out of the side of the computer, it just went black. And thankfully, I had saved. Otherwise, we would have been screwed. Yeah. So, so close call. <sighs> have to take a swig. My voice is a little hoarse this morning from all that Smash Brothers yelling last night. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, I love the machine. It's been really fun to get into the world of Steam games and GOG, good old games, and just add a bunch of games to my wish list that I want to get. Of course, I already dropped like 50 bucks on games just because they're so damn cheap. On GOG, some of these games are literally 89 cents. And actually, speaking of, I will pull pull up my little list here, and we'll talk about the games we've been playing recently because I got quite a few of them. But let's go to my wish list here on GOG. So my wish list, I have Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. That was a game that was on N64, I believe, back in the day in PC. Never played it, but heard decent things. $5.99, so I'll grab that someday. SimCity 2000, who didn't play that game in third grade recess indoors when it was raining outside. Rayman 2, The Great Escape. I don't have it on N64. Um, I prefer to get it on the N64 just because that's how I played it back in the day. Great little 3D platformer, green cartridge on the N64, but super cheap. I'll grab that someday, maybe. Escape from Monkey Island. These are great little point-and-click adventure games. I'd like to get those someday. Empire Earth 2 and 3. Of course, you'll know that Empire Earth is one of my favorite games from back in the day. I grabbed that. uh, One of the first games I downloaded on the machine. It was actually the first game I played on the computer. We'll get into that in the games I've been playing recently. The Curse of Monkey Island, Age of Wonders 3, Stronghold Crusader, Stronghold HD. Those are just real-time strategy games in the vein of Empire Earth. 
Uh, what else have we got here? SWAT 4 is apparently a really good first-person shooter on the PC. Uh, Star Wars Empire at War. So think Age of Empires, but in a Star Wars universe. You kind of command and conquer large legions of uh, Empire troops or rebels or what have you. And you get to recruit heroes like Vader and Obi-Wan and stuff like that. Just looked like a really fun real-time strategy game. So I have a whole bunch of games there. What I did end up downloading is Empire Earth. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, which is a really interesting, I think, first-person action game where you play as a vampire. Uh, Elder Scrolls III Morrowind, of course. Elder Scrolls The Arena. Elder Scrolls Chapter Two: The Daggerfall. Elder Scrolls Adventures The Red Guard. So these are some of the first Elder Scrolls games from the 90s mm-hmm. that I believe were exclusive to PC, and the music is still very reminiscent of Jeremy Soule's scores, so yeah. had to get those. And Return to Castle Wolfenstein, it was a game that came out on the PS2 and Xbox that I never played back in the day. So, have a lot of fun playing games, just exploring. I mean, even just watching YouTube videos on this thing. I mean, Ryan, you can see the screen's freaking huge. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's awesome. So, the keyboard kind of lights up. It's rainbow, and you can configure the lighting on the keyboard, too, to kind of change it to your liking. It's just a really, really fun little device. Yeah, the colors on the keys oscillate between the entire spectrum. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it, like you said earlier, it's kind of like the wave of colors just crashing across your keyboard. Yep, it's good stuff. So, um, I'm glad you finally made the transition from the dark side to the light side. Me too. With Max. Exactly. Um, so, a couple things to keep in mind here. I don't know how this podcast recording is going to go. I don't know if you're ever going to hear this episode, to be honest, because I think we're recording right now. We did a lot of <laughs> testing. I probably watched at least 50 hours worth of tutorial videos um, between... So what I was originally going to use was Open Broadcast Software. I think is what it's called, OBS. That's what Jason Heine uses. That's what a lot of people use for Twitch. And that's... I watched at least five hours worth of tutorial videos of OBS, but it was more about capturing video, and that's not really what we're doing here. So when I eventually, and it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, when I start streaming on Twitch, I'll probably use OBS um, and I'll reach out to Jason to kind of figure out, and probably Pete, because Pete probably uses it as well, Pete Door, to figure out how to use it. But for our purposes, we wanted just the simplest platform for podcasting, and Audacity seemed like a great place for that. So huge, huge shout out and props to my my man Nolan for hooking me up with little tutorials, little, you know, just bits and pieces of advice for how to capture audio on Audacity. And so there's this little middleman program that we're using called Voice Meter that is kind of a little mixing board that you can kind of configure voice to sound however you really want, whether you want it echoey, radio, or just normal, like hopefully what you guys are hearing now. That's kind of like the middleman between Audacity and our mics to actually capture the audio. So that's what we're using now. Have never used it before, before today, so we're hoping it goes well. And I've also never edited in Audacity, but Nolan was telling me that he like I had it down to a science with GarageBand, it takes them like 15, 20 minutes to edit up an episode. So we'll see how it goes, Ryan. Yeah. Um, but we got an episode to record. Yeah, we do. We got a little bit of an agenda for you guys. We're going to talk about the games we've been playing recently, of course. We got to talk about a little Smash session that we had last night. And uh, I definitely have my thoughts on Wolfenstein Youngblood that I have to talk about. <laughs> I forgot about that. We got some yeah. Instagram questions. We're going to get back to the hypotheticals, Chuck Klosterman's hypotheticals. We're going to do 10 of those for you guys. And I'm finally going to get to my Rusty's reco- retro recommendation today. I know it's been a long time coming. We've promised it a number of times. But if we talk about this about anything, it's about 
Inconsistency. I was gonna say staying true to our word, but that's incons- too <laughs> inconsistency is probably the more appropriate adjective. Uh, so, and your sound levels just went off the roof. So hopefully, oh, I should probably. And so that's another thing. I'm still working on configuring the audio levels, so you might have to, you know. Well, now I can finally sit back away from my mic and not just like chew on this ball. Well, you might want to stay close, and then the, the listeners can, you know, put the volume up or down depending on how their uh, sound preferences are. Okay, but. Anyways, Ryan, we should probably... It's been two weeks. We probably played a lot of games. You saw Detective Pikachu, so... I did. Maybe start there. What what have you been playing this week? So, I've been playing mostly Pokemon, um, just watching uh, videos on PS4. Um, So, I watched Detective Pikachu, which I really enjoyed. There was a lot of Mewtwo in it, which is one of my favorite characters from the first generation. Mm -hmm. And seeing high-res Pokemon and, like, them interacting and... Like, the underground scene, it was awesome. Yeah? Yeah. What about the story? Because, I mean, of course, seeing Pokemon in this live-action world is really nice, but was the story all right? Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but it ties into, like, the first movie. So oh, really? Yeah. So it's really interesting. When I saw that, I was like, okay, regardless of what happens in this plot, I'm happy. So do we see Giovanni? No, Team Rocket. You you'd have to see it. It's it's a different timeline. Okay, kind of. Gotcha. Um, kind of reserved from like Ash Ketchum and Gary and Red and mm-hmm. the Oak, but you kind of see an embodiment of that type of character. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now Ryan Reynolds was a good casting. You think? Yeah. No, Ryan Reynolds. He's. A piece of work. Yeah. He, he, so he he played the character well. And I'm sure he had a lot of um, improv, too, with his, his voicing, too. Yeah. I mean, anytime you get a photorealistic Pikachu. Yeah. Like, pounding coffee. It's, yeah, yeah it's that's great. that's awesome. It's adorable. Good stuff. So, Pokemon. How many Shinies did you get in the past two weeks? So, I've been focusing more so on... So, I played through Sapphire, mm-hmm. and I beat all eight badges, and after the eighth badge, you can get the uh, National Pokedex, mm-hmm. which is what I wanted to do, because I want to go through the Elite Four with a full team of Wonder-Traded Shinies. Okay. Um, so, I have one Shiny left to get on that team. I am re-completing the Pokedex, so I can send that to my... Um, Pokebank. Okay. So if I want to complete the Pokedex on the new game, I can have it as backup for some of the weird guys we might not be able to get. Gotcha. Um, so I'm up to like 350 shinies? No, no, no. 350 total Pokemon on Sapphire. Oh, okay. Out of 721. Um, total shinies, I got about eight mm-hmm. new ones, uh, including Lugia Shiny, which I've been hunting for for a while. Yeah. And then I have a list of all of the GTS Pokemon that I was able to get. So this is the global trade system mm-hmm. where I put in my 5IV um, Adamant Nature, Hidden Abilities, and Egg Move Dratinis for a Pokemon of my choice. Okay. That I request. <laughs> so I was able to trade for two Kyogre's, one Kyrim, one Zygarde, one Dialga, one Suicune, two Entei's, one Riku, a shiny Lugia, a regular Lugia, and a Moltres. Yeah, what have you guys been doing the past two yeah, weeks? Yeah, get your shinies in a line. Wow. That's, that's... So I got, yeah, like 12 uh, legendaries. If you think it takes about five hours to get a legendary, mm-hmm. it's a good amount of time of someone's life. That's 60 hours. 
It's pretty nuts. I am holding in my hand 60 hours of someone's life. Wow. That's... And I could just release it and their life meant nothing. That's extreme. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I feel so bad for the audio. Sorry. For the listeners. And your neighbors, probably. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck is going on down there? Yeah, Or up there, because we have people on the <laughs> second floor, so. Lauren was talking over coffee. She's like, yeah, I, I was outside and there, the person below me had a dog or they were in the same uniform that Lauren and I wear to work. Well, yes, no, he doesn't have a dog. He's oh, terrified no. of dogs. Oh, Yeah, okay. so he asked if we had a dog when he saw Lauren and... And Lauren's like, yeah, does he make a lot of noise? And he's like, well, I can just hear him run around up there. <laughs> and so the other day when Lauren got home from work and took him outside to go to the bathroom, this guy just got home from work as well. Yeah. And so Lauren's like, oh, do you want to meet him? And so his hand was like way up here. And Scooby was, I mean, for, so his hand was like at chest level for a normal person. And Scooby wasn't jumping or anything. He was just like looking up at him. He's like, oh, doggy. And then just like walked away. So I think he was just kind of scared of dogs. Which is understandable, but Scooby is one of the nicest, calmest, like mild-mannered temperament type of dog mm-hmm. that you could get. So, um, but I understand you can be scared yeah. of dogs. So sorry, guy who works at our work. Below yeah. Us. But getting back to Pokemon, there was a trailer this week. Yeah, there was. And we learned some interesting details about the new rival team, and their name is Team Yell, which is original. Yikes! <laughs> I think they're really running out of ideas. I don't remember a team. That was interesting since Team Poke or uh, Team Rocket, Team Pokemon, Team Pokemon. Well, I, I think it's the Team Yell is based off of all of the gym battles take place in stadiums, so it's basically the fans, like the evil fans. I'm guessing. So they have like blow horns and soccer uniforms on, or whatever. Yeah, I mean the last one was like a very stereotypical like Gangster. Mexican gang. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Ms. Thirteen wacky things with their hands. Dude, like, the entire can- time you're like jiving you can't see but i'm moving my hands are like this yeah you're like you got a wingle out and you're like are you kidding me what is going on and they're talking but there's no movement of their their mouths that's another thing i wonder is is there gonna be movement of the mouth is there voice acting in this i don't know generally they don't because it takes away from you becoming the character yeah but well they could have a like a voiceless protagonist i mean lynx hasn't had a, a voice in every Zelda game, so... But other characters have talked. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it seems like it'll be an interesting take, because it sounds like your rival it, is the champion's brother, mm-hmm. and he's trying to live up to, like, the champion. Okay. We also got a couple new forms that are specific to the Galare region. Mm-hmm. So we have a Galarian Weezing, which looks Has like a nasty... Um, British guy. No. The, uh, the Galarian Weezing has... Top hats. Yeah, like a top hat. It's Well, it's meant to be like a polluting like a power chimney. plant type of thing. Oh, okay. But then we also got a Galarian Zigzagoon, which I thought looked a lot nicer than the original one. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a skunk or it like looks a like raccoon a or something yeah. like that. And then a Galarian, whatever the evolved form of Zigzagoon is. Yeah. Um, the uh, I don't know his yeah, name. Know his he's name. a worthless dude. Well, and he, then he got an evolution, right? Yeah, he's like almost, it almost looks like a mega evolution, so think... Gene Simmons, kind of, from Kiss fame. <laughs> yeah. That's what he kind of looks like. And I think Gene Simmons actually commented on the Pokemon because someone brought it to his attention. Yeah. Because he looks like he has his, like a Kiss outfit on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he kind of looks like a crazy Pancham. Yeah. Or Pangoro. Sorry, the big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, whatever you're saying, Ryan. Pokemon names and things. <laughs> yeah. But 
November 25th, I think, is when this game comes out. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great, great time. Super just, mm, I'm yeah. ready for this. Like, I don't know, playing Pokemon just again, watching movies, it's, yeah, it's been a good ride. So I'm kind of pretty mentally prepared for this. Plus, after September, October, when a lot of the heavy hitters are going to release... I don't really know what's coming out at the tail end of the year between November and December. So you got September, which is Borderlands, like mid-September, and that'll carry me through with Pokemon for prepping for Pokemon in November, and then I'm going to ride out Pokemon and Borderlands with like Ben and you mm-hmm. until probably um, Animal Crossing. Yeah. And then Animal Crossing will be the rest of my next year. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Animal Crossing next year, man. Dude, that, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think it's coming out in March, or I think they said spring 2020. So that yeah. would be a big birthday release for me. Because this year, Yoshi's Crafted World came out on my birthday, and that was a little uh, disappointing. Yeah. But, whatever. <laughs> the broken recorder soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's so... It was just uh, not good. It was just not good. It was not very... Um, unique or imaginative like when i played kirby's extra epic yarn on the cruise the music was so wildly different in each little world that you were in and i felt like crafted world was built on the 3d or the uh the switch and it was just i don't know the 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 design the level design was amazing and yeah, i think the graphics were beautiful rivaled epic yarn for sure but i don't know i feel like they just they didn't put a whole lot of love into that game yeah so we also might get interrupted because i think lauren's lauren's home uh, so she's bringing in Scooby. Okay. Do we want to pause? We'll pause. Okay. We're back, Ryan. Hey. Let's uh, get back to games we've been playing recently. All right. Because there's one in particular that you've been playing. Yeah. So I was looking for something, and I wasn't really sure what it was. And I kind of wanted an RPG or like a JRPG, but I didn't know if I wanted to commit like 200 hours of my life into mm-hmm. it. So I was going through like a list of games, and I looked up Chrono Trigger. And you had it, fortunately, on the DS. Yes, which I think is the best way to play that game now. Yeah, so I ended up borrowing that and putting maybe six or seven hours into it. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you liking it? Um, the thing that terrifies me is I love grindy games. Mm-hmm. And the way that this game scales is everything scales to your level. Which I don't really remember that being the case when I played it, but it's also been like it's seven years. It's a mechanic that's not really upfront about, mm-hmm. but I was doing research into how... The scaling works and like how armor and things work mm-hmm. just because i'm anal retentive and that's how i do things and yeah i heard that and i was like oh crap i need to stop like power leveling hopefully you heard scooby make a yeah. little uh quit bitching dog yeah so lauren brought him in but he's laying on the couch we'll see how he does he's just chilling right now lauren uh kind of tuckered him out took him to the park uh socialized with other dogs and he, he should be pretty tame for the podcast but we'll see he might yeah. make uh more barking sounds but don't worry about it yeah so whoop ryan's phone might make noises too <laughs> um yeah so i i played that one i'm definitely going to be continuing um we played mario kart last night so i'm going to probably put some time into that definitely it's a great one to go on 50 cc yeah you crush people but that way you can put on a movie you can pay attention to the movie while racing lapping people and just collect coins well that's what i was thinking tonight of doing i was thinking of doing um, on the PS4 store, there's Battle Angel, or whatever that. Oh, uh, Anita. Anita like, Battle Angel. Alita. Alita, I think Battle Angel. Yeah, and I, it looked interesting. Her um, face just 
is so bizarre to me. Like, I can't get over it. Oh, it's like a CGI face in, like, this real world. It's just, I don't know, the, her, her eyes, it just looks really bizarre. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it, I looked at, wow, that was a struggle of a sense. It looked interesting in the combat from what I've seen of, I'm, I follow this YouTube, or not a YouTube, an Instagram account where they actually put side by side the scene in a movie with the CGI making below it. Mm-hmm. So you see them actually do it, like, green screen greens and like their actual uh, the suits that they're wearing versus how it looks in the movie mm-hmm. and i was watching some of the scenes and it looked really cool okay uh, and then i also saw pet cemetery oh this week. yeah i forgot about that do we want to talk about that now sure it's been enough not? time yeah so i enjoyed it um there's some jump scares but i thought it it was short it's quick it, so once there's a particular moment in the movie where it's like buckle up because we're rushing to the end right now. Yeah, and it, the end, you like, it leaves. You know what's gonna happen, but they don't show it. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted them to like go on, like destroy a town or something like more chaotic than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think it was like an hour plus, so mm-hmm. that's good. I overall I enjoyed it. I just it le- it left me wanting more. And that's kind of good because the original, if I remember correctly, again, it's been years since I've seen the original, the the mom dies and I can't remember how, but the father takes the mom's body to the cemetery to be resurrected. He goes home and waits in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And when she comes back, they, they lock eyes. She walks up to him. They're making out and she grabs a huge kitchen knife from behind his back and as she stabs him, that's when the credits roll. Okay. So in this one, it's it's somewhat similar, um, but a l- little d- different as well. Doesn't the son die in the original? So in the original, they're having a picnic in this field, and the son's chasing this balloon, mm-hmm. and they parents lose sight of him. They they are not really paying attention, and of course, where they live in this backcountry road, these semis are constantly going past their house. Yeah. And so as he's chasing this balloon across the field, the father finally gets wind of like, oh, where's my son? And starts chasing after the sun, and this giant semi is coming, and the sun walks right in front of the semi. Semi can't stop. Yeah. Kills the sun, and that's how that played out. Mm -hmm. So in this one, they kind of twisted it. So it's a similar thing where the sun is running out into the the street because he sees his sister. Yeah. Because the cat died. Yes. And then the dad took the cat to this pet cemetery to be resurrected. So when the sister saw the cat walking in the street, she's like, oh, the kitty. So she picks it up and is walking back to the house with it. And that's when the son starts chasing her. And the dad freaks out, sees the son in the middle of the road, sees the car coming, grabs the son just in time. But then the the semi tries to run off the road yeah. to avoid hitting the girl. But the back of the car comes off of the front of the like the actual truck. Yeah. So the car go just crushes the girl which they didn't play that very well because if that the, the momentum of that cargo that hits the girl there would be nothing left of she that would literally or, be yeah. like mush and it was just the body hardly any blood and she was just chilling yeah but movies and stuff yeah it's kind of hard to reanimate like mush yeah. you're like you get something like that looks like a ditto and you're like mm, oh yeah i remember when you were in diapers well she still had the back of her head was like yeah. screwed up which was messed up um and then they were talking about wendingos and weren't wendingos the uh uh the villain in that game we played where you make a bunch of choices during halloween 
Those? Oh yeah, um, until dawn. Yeah. So that was didn't cool. pick up on that. Good That's stuff. Cool. So you thought it was all right? Yeah, I think it was all right. Yeah, Pikachu was definitely better. Yeah, I bet so. I'm excited for um, Endgame coming out Tuesday. Ah yes. Um, I want a physical copy of that one. We'll have to borrow it because Lauren still hasn't seen it. So yeah. What's the other one she hasn't seen? Toy Story 4. Yeah, that's also important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. So that's all. Chrono yep. Trigger, Pokemon. That's it. Text Pikachu, Pet Cemetery. Good stuff. Well, I played quite a bit over the past two weeks, mainly because of this new PC. Uh, let's start with the bad and get into the good. So Wolfenstein Youngblood. You know, I talked briefly about it. I put about an hour into it the last time we had a show. I thought we were going to talk about the bad first. We are. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, this, this is really bad. So, you start out this game, and you're playing as BJ's two daughters who are teenagers. And it seems like this big romp of an adventure that is very self-aware. It's super over-the-top, stupid. These two girls are just ridiculous. And hour or two in, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. The gunplay, the mechanics are completely identical to the Wolfenstein New Order New Colossus. But it gets to a point where... And I'm playing on the easiest difficulty because typically the final boss in these games is ridiculous. Yeah. And in this one, they kind of add RPG mechanics in that as you kill enemies, you get experience points, you level up, and then you can kind of, you have a skill tree. So you can unlock different abilities, um, more health, more armor, and whatnot. But it gets to a point in this game where there's really no strategy. It's very co-op focused, or they had co-op in mind when they were developing it. And of course, I wanted to play the game solo. So... When you start the game, you can either join a game or join a server or create a server. And you can create a server and make it you know, private so no one can join your game. But they don't allow you to freaking pause the game. So you have to play it. Like even if you press start and you go to the main menu, everything's still happening in the background. Yeah, like a Dark Souls kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, which in that game, it makes more sense. And this, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And so... That was really frustrating for me because I got it at the, like, the same time we got Scooby. And so he was kind of a spaz, and he still is sometimes. But I either had to choose dying in the game or getting my face eaten by my dog. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, I wanted to survive to keep the podcast going. The sacrifices I make for Otaku Brothers. <laughs> yeah. And I, of course, die and have to restart. And I would say the progression system is relatively forgiving. If you die, you pretty much come back to the same era you were in. With and less any, ammo, right? Less ammo, yeah. There's no regeneration of the ammo, but all the collectibles that you collected in a particular area, you still have those. You don't have okay. to recollect those, which is nice. But it gets to a point where there's really no strategy to the game. You basically just run up to all of your enemies, and some of these guys are like real tanks. They have like five levels of armor that you have to chuck through or shoot through before you get to killing them. Yeah. So I just had my shotgun in front of these guys' face, just pulling the trigger, unloading like six clips into their face until I killed them because I'm playing on easy difficulty, so unless there's a ton of people around, you're not going to die. And even if you die, your AI companion, who you cannot rely on, will sometimes revive you. And so when they revive you, you can either bleed out or call for help, kind of like Gears of War. But if you bleed out, you have these three to five like little tokens that will revive you and you mm-hmm. can collect those throughout the game and but there's a, it's a five max little token yeah okay these are like basically save your ass from dying and so if you bleed out you use these little tokens well there were times where i'd crawl over to my companion and i'd be calling for help 
And she would literally stand there and not do anything. There was no response. Yeah. There were other times where I wouldn't even call for her and she would just revive me. So there was no consistency to the AI. No, not at all. And in today's day and age, you would think that would be, that would work. Yeah. It was just garbage. And I get to the end of the, because I wanted to just get to the end of the freaking game just to, just to beat it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was $30, so I didn't, I cared, but I wasn't super mad. If it was $60, I would have been a lot more frustrated with the purchase. Yeah. But you get to the end of the game, and spoilers for Wolfenstein Youngblood if you're planning on playing it, you get to this facility, and before that, you get wind that your dad's still alive. He's in Paris, mm-hmm. and he's in this Nazi facility. So you infiltrate this facility, you get to BJ, and you somewhat, there's a cutscene where you fight alongside your dad, but you don't actually get to fight alongside your dad. And then the final boss is just stupid hard. I mean, yeah. just ridiculous. And the the thing because that really of the AI sucked, or because of the boss itself? Everything about it. Okay. Yeah. So once you get to a particular point in the game, you can't get out and grind. Yeah. You just have to you just have to get good and do it. But the thing that sucks is this boss has like three different forms and ammo isn't replenishing in the level. So once you pick up all the ammo in the area you're in, you're screwed. And if you die and come back to life, the, the ammo doesn't replenish itself again. So, the way this game was built, it's just effed. Like, they just did not do a good job. I think they rushed the game to development. Hey, but there are microtransactions. Yeah, and there's microtransactions for, like, cosmetic things. So, you can camouflage your gun to look the way you want. There's all kinds of really cool different camo skins. But... That should be in a single-player game. There's in-game currency that you use and microtransaction currency that you have to use. So, of course, I didn't pay more money for this because it doesn't do anything yeah and, and half the time you don't even get to see like your character's appearance because it's a first person shooter anyways see if they do microtransactions in elder uh, scroll six yeah i'm not gonna i'm waiting i'm not gonna pre-order that one no i'm just gonna wait because this is a single player game that it's the first one we've seen from bethesda Right, since like Fallout seventy six is online, so whatever. But like this is a single player game where previously in all old games, all the skins were unlockable, mm-hmm. like in Mario Kart. Right, get different carts and things. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it should be. Yeah, because no shit. But well, I like that Mario Kart rewards you for for working for it. Yeah, like you have to collect these coins in each of the different levels. So yeah, you're gonna have to grind out on 50, 100, 150 CC to unlock these different wheels, carts, and gliders, but at least you feel accomplished for doing so and not just, here's my wallet, give me everything. Yeah, they don't pay wallet or they don't like artificially slow down the game. Mm-hmm. Like The way that I was listening to some reviews and some complaints and things about this game, and next to some of the enemies, you have different colored dots. And that's basically, if you think of... Like Pokemon, you have fire that's good against leaf and water that's good against fire. That's how this game is set up Mm -hmm. in an RPG fashion. So specific bullets are good against specific one of those like colored dots against enemies. But you're consistently like rotating guns and things. And if you don't have the ammo, it's just a bullet sponge. Yeah, and I didn't, I completely disregarded that. Yeah. entirely and just took my shotgun and went up to their faces because it, it takes away your ability to play the game you want like the way you want it's play it this way well yeah because i played both new order and new colossus in a very stealth fashion yeah and in this game i swear there's no way you can play this game stealth because there's so many freaking enemies 
in one area and the moment one sees you they're calling in reinforcements like like mad and i heard your the ai of your sister sucks to the point where she's just standing out there like in the wide open cover. yeah yeah totally it's it's terrible did you end up finishing it no, I got to the final boss. Did you watch the end cutscenes on like YouTube or something? No, I need to do that just to have some closure there. Yeah, um, to see if hopefully they're they're not going to move forward with these two girls because it, I shouldn't say that I'm fine with the characters like they were they were fun and okay. I heard they were like really over the top cringe. It is like their dialogue by the end was just like this is annoying. Yeah. Um, but I mean Wolfenstein games are so over the top as it is. It wasn't too out of place. I would say. Okay. Um, but I will tell you, I'm not excited if we get another game announcement and they're the main protagonists. Yeah, well, BJ's back, right? So He's back, but I mean, he's also a grandpa in this game, basically. He's an uh. old man. Um, now, he can still hold his weight and blow Nazis' heads off, but I just would love them to have some kind of alternative storyline or whatever happened after New Colossus and Youngblood, like somewhere in between that story. Mm-hmm. Like have a little random game. I don't know, but... I want more Wolfenstein, and I think we need to have a third one to kind of close out this hopeful trilogy of games mm-hmm. um, since they've kind of revived this series. Mm-hmm. And I think Machine Games will. Um, and I would like for Arcane Studios to be a kind of a co-developer on this game as well because I like the dishonored nods that they had in this game. There was a lot more exploration, a lot more platforming to get to open windows and find finding different collectibles. Um, which was very Dishonored-like. Yeah. I appreciated that. Um, I mean, to be honest, I enjoyed more going off the beaten path of this game and finding collectibles than I did actually progressing the story and shooting Nazis. Yeah, so then how would you fix this game? How would I fix it? Well, first of all, I would just structurally change the the way they focused its development, which was co-op. Okay. I would really... Like, hey, if you want to play that way, that's perfectly fine, but... These games are primarily single player anyways, so allow people to play it single player. Put in a pause feature, and I don't know, like I almost want to get rid of the AI character because it just felt like it was more of a hindrance than it was a benefit. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. And then also stopping you from going out and like grinding at the end level seems like a really poor... Because if you, like, you didn't level at all, say you get in there, final boss is level 35, and you're level 28, you're constantly losing ammo... You have to like restart the game. Yeah, I shouldn't. Essentially, I shouldn't have to do that because, so, this game, the the director said because somebody asked him from IGN or some uh, publication source said like how many hours do you think it's going to take for someone to beat this game, and he said if you want to see everything, thirty five hours. And I'm thinking, this game was thirty dollars. I would expect, like, I would have been happy if this was six to eight hours of content. Yeah, that would have been more than enough for me because. I only put out thirty dollars. That's basically two DLC packets for New Order or New Colossus, which DLC for that was like two hours if you got some of those different stories anyway. So I would have been happy with a six to eight hour adventure. I got about eight hours in and I was trying to do some of the side content. I recognized that I was only like eighteen, thirty percent done with the side content. Yeah. And seventy five percent done with the main story. And I'm like, screw this side content. I'm just gonna beeline to the end. Yeah, because it's a lot of go to a different part of the map, kill a guy, and then come back. Yeah, like that was like it. fetch quests and yeah, it was. It's they're trying too hard to be an RPG and not focus and hone in on what those games were great about to begin with, which is just it's great. Like first Uncharted person being a RPG. Yeah, it's like no, don't br- don't change what's already or whatever the saying is. You know, 
Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I mean, it just didn't make sense how they made all these changes trying to be so many different genres when it's first-person shooter. Like, just stick with that. Yeah. Um, so I was really frustrated, disappointed. It's definitely not making any top 10 lists this year unless it's top 10 disappointments. So Okay. Let's get to the good, Ryan. All right. I'm tired good. of talking so negatively about games. Empire Earth. It was the first yes. game that I played on my new PC. Got it from GOG Games. I think it was like five bucks. The best five bucks I could have spent on a game for this machine. So I think I've talked about this game. I played it back in the day. Um, one of my good friends in my old neighborhood, the house that I grew up in, he actually gave me his copy. And what it is, is a real-time strategy game where there's actually like four different campaigns where you can either play as uh, the Greeks, the Russians, the English, or there's one other one that I can't remember. And that takes you through probably an eight to 10 hour campaign um, over the course of however many missions. I don't really know. Um, I didn't really focus my time on that because what I like most is just skirmishes. Yeah. So this is really from the ground up building a scenario the way you want. And so what I would typically do is start from the the Stone Age, and then you work your way all the way up to the Nano Age, which is, I would say, 200 years in the future from where we currently are. Okay. And as you build different structures and uh, just different buildings, you work your way up to different um, ages. Yeah. So you get it to like World War One, World War II, um, and then current day. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more in between there. There's about 16 different stages that you work your way up to. And you kind of just amass this army and this um, this community and then try and wipe out your enemy. It's very standard RTS. Yeah, that really reminds me. There's an app that I used to play that's like the exact same kind of feel where you progress ages. And you just talking about that <laughs> makes me want to play. It's um, Forge of Empires. Okay. Yeah, it's basically the same kind of concept, and I loved the crap out of that game. They're really fun games to kind of just veg out to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to remember. Like you build different structures. You like allocate your resources, collect resources so you can upgrade things. Yes, yeah, so you have these citizens that you kind of command them to either go to trees and cut down wood. Mm-hmm. You, they go to mine resources for gold and stone. They farm, so they're collecting food. And so I played, I I kind of built this skirmish map, and and you can also choose whether you want just a mainland, whether you want islands that you are forced to use ships to take your armies over, however you, or you can do small map, large map, gigantic map. You can customize all of that. So I started a map, and I'm just thinking like, gosh, everything's moving so slow, and I'm struggling to have enough resources to build guys. Like, why am I sucking so much? Yeah. So I went to GameFAQs, GameFAQs.com, <laughs> and I looked up the cheats. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I remember now. I used this cheat as soon as I started the game that automatically gives you 100,000 resources, which is a ton. That's basically like spamming the Rosebud cheat like a million times on The Sims and having enough money to amass a mansion. Yeah. And so... Which we've never done before. I mean, never. Who, I always Who play. does that? No. Legit, everyone's peeing, like <laughs> dysentery, like their showers and stuff. Yeah. So the code or the cheat code is all your base are belong to us. And that was a translation era in a game. So let's see. I have this on Wikipedia. All your base are belong to us was a popular internet meme based on a broken English phrase found in the opening cutscene of the 1992 Mega Drive port of the 1989 arcade game Zero Wing. So, translation errors and things. So, that's a nice nod to that. Yeah. Um, but that gives you 100,000 resources, and that's when you can 
really get to the nano age a hell of a lot faster than your your enemy. Yeah, no kidding. So that was good times. And uh, if I ever, very much like going back to the N64, if I'm ever having a lull in video games or just fatigue, this is probably one I'll come back to. So, nice. Another game that I got, Humongous Entertainment had a huge sale a couple months ago. And I was planning on paying, playing them on my MacBook Pro, but I'm glad I waited. Yep. Played on the big screen here. I ended up getting, I guess I could pull up Steam real quick. So I got, let me minimize the window here. I got Freddy Fish 2, The Case of the Haunted Schoolhouse. Freddy Fish 3, The Case of the Stolen Conch Shell. I got Fatty Bear's Birthday Surprise, one of my favorites growing up. And the one, the only, Putt-Putt Goes to the Moon. Yes. So I played Putt-Putt Goes to the Moon, and it was really late at night. It was a weekday. I just wanted to finish the game. And I remember back in the day, I felt like I spent like hours playing through this game. Right. Did you you play the Putt-Putt games? Yes, and Freddy Fish. Okay. Not that fat bear thing. Fatty bear is the best. So you okay. got you to play that sometime. But Once I, I, I'm looking into getting one of these as well, because every time, like even this morning, my... Like, I moved my glass table and my laptops on it, and the power cord got unplugged, completely shut down, because my battery's shot. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, seven years old, so I'm, like, I'm at that point where I need to invest. Dude, do it. And then we'll we can, get steam, and we can fatty bears all night. We can fatty bear all night, and then we can also <laughs> play um, uh, World of Warcraft, the vanilla version. Yeah, with Steve. With Steve, yeah, because he's, he's a huge WoW player, which I didn't know. He's put more hours into WoW than I've put into RuneScape, if that p- says anything. Poor Steve. Yeah, and that's like 3,500 hours for me, so. Okay. Um, he, yeah, we can totally destroy Azeroth yes. together. Because I've never played WoW. I'd be really, well, I've never really played an MMO. I've never had a girlfriend before, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the only MMO I've played is uh, Toontown. Okay. And that doesn't really compare to World of Warcraft. And it doesn't really exist anymore. Unfortunately. The servers yeah. are down. So That's too bad because everyone loved that game. It was just such a joyful, charming little RPG. Dude, the other week, I mean like earlier this week, I was looking at Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, yeah? Because it's now more popular than WoW, numbers-wise, from what really? I was seeing. It was so broken, but they Square Enix really worked hard at making that game playable. And I was listening to something, and they're now streamlining the main story. Oh, are From, they? like, 100 hours or whatever it is to, like, 50 or 60. So I'm like, would I rather play that and, like, not have a life, or WoW and not have a life? Or Elder Scrolls Online. See, Bethesda is giving me a bad taste in my mouth. That's true. And I don't know. I, I'm feeling... I mean, that's... They're so intense, though. If you look at all the like buttons and like the spin timers of all your abilities and things, mm-hmm. like I don't know if that'll stress me out, but it could, yeah. And there's just a lot to manage in an MMO. And so. then you—that's where all your time goes. Mm-hmm. And I can't have a dog, so that's true. And you need a dog before you need WoW. That's unfortunately true. <laughs> but I could have a mount of a flying tiger if I join WoW. That's true. And it can love me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stay away from my mic because that was loud. That was loud. Anyways, Putt-Putt Goes to the Moon. I brought up a walkthrough from GameFAQs just to kind of quickly just go through the game as fast as possible to see how long it would take me. It took me about 15 to 20 minutes, Ryan. Did it really? Yeah, it was super quick. I'm like, how in the world did I spend like hours playing this game? That or Freddy Fish, like I'm sure I could 
speed through one of those. Well, the biggest thing with these games is there's so many people, like NPCs, that you can go and talk to to just spend countless amounts of time doing random crap. Yeah. And there's also, like, little mini-games. So you go into this diner and Putt-Putt goes to the moon, and there's this almost, like, side-scrolling little shooter yeah. Um, so think like if you ever played like Life Force on the NES or somewhat Galaga, but more side scrolling than um, yeah. typical arcade game, and you could play that for as long as you want. I think it's pretty much like endless. There was this. Yeah. No, I love those mini games. Like I, I played what was it? Lego Treasure Island or whatever. You're like a pizza delivery guy. Okay. And I love the crap out. You go to different islands. Everything's Lego. You're trying to see who's like taking apart this world and in, I beat it in less than an hour and it took me days yeah, when I was a kid because yeah. you just I ran around chucking pizzas at people and all the NPCs react to this pizza being like hitting them in the face this game sounds oddly familiar oh it's so good I mean you can fly around on Lego pterodactyls okay do I need to say anything more no but, you don't I'll have to check that out what else did I play this week Ryan uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yes. So I've been wanting to get back into this game, and I have a PS3 copy. I was planning on playing it on that, but then I was like, I have a PC that can run it on max settings. Why would I not do that? And I booted it up, and I am just in love with this game again. The characters, the story, the music is absolutely gorgeous and just so perfect. I've been listening to Final Fantasy Thirteen music almost exclusively this week at work. Yeah. And say what you will about the story, it's a convoluted mess that, honestly, the LC, the Pulsey, the Falsy, I don't know what the hell's going on. But all I care about is these characters progressing their stories and maxing out my Crystarium, which is the leveling up system in this game. Okay. Which is wildly satisfying to, and you actually can grind in this. I don't know if it's a PC version versus 360 version that I originally played, but... In the area chapter four, before you fight Odin, which is lightning summon. Yeah, I know you don't know what I'm talking about. I said, this is the same reaction to how I talk about Pokemon to how you talk about like Final Fantasy. I just like, oh, like so, s- just saliva dripping out the side of my face. So you're kind of almost in this junkyard like area. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of stuff like that. And it seems very linear. But yeah. just before you get to the bridge before Odin, you can just go back and forth and these enemies will respawn. And you can just keep doing that for as long as your heart desires. And I don't even know how many times I leveled up, but... Um, it was 13, correct? Odin. I want to see if I got to Odin. It's not too long in the game. I got, I got there in about five hours or something like that. Okay. I don't know if I got to him. Okay. Yeah. So Actually, no, I think I did. Right now, I'm on chapter five, I believe. I'm about eight to nine hours into the game, and I'll definitely be playing it to completion. I love Zaz. Zaz is my favorite character. Yeah. He's just this black dude with this long green trench trench coat. He has an afro with a baby chocobo in his hair, and it's just the most adorable thing. No, I remember liking him. And the story with his son's really pretty, pretty special. So how long is the game? It really depends on how much time you want to spend with the game. I mean, if you want to beeline it, like Pete speed runs it. Yeah. And I'm not really sure how long the speed run is. Ballpark, I want to say 10, 11 hours. Okay. Maybe eight hours, something something along those lines. And I think when I originally played it on the 360, I beat it in about 60, 70 hours. 
Okay, so not a speed run. No, in the least. definitely not. But I also really take my time grinding. Yeah. And especially once it opens up to the open world and chapter whatever it is. It's about 20 hours into the game. Once you get to this giant open world, this field, you can grind for days. See, I think I'd like it there. Um, I was I was hearing that Final Fantasy 15 was a little bit glitchy, which was unfortunate. Like some of the corridor running and some of the like battles. Yeah, I haven't played it. I have the Royal Edition up there, so it has all the DLC. So if you ever want to borrow it. Yeah, but you get to fight like a turtle mountain, which is pretty cool. Huh. Um, yeah, I looked up Final Fantasy thirteen, and it says 49 hours, so how long to beat. So it's about in line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I could do it. Final Fantasy thirteen was the one that they changed up the battle mechanics, right? Like yeah, so completely. You have, so you have the paradigm system in this game, yeah. which at, at the, on the outset is a little stressful because when you first start the game, you just feel like you're mashing the A button and just fighting these enemies as your meters kind of fill back up and you just command your different people to... Well, you're really only controlling the one person, but then you press A and you just fight these enemies. Once you unlock the paradigm system about, I don't know, two hours into the game, whenever it is... That's when it becomes much more strategic, and so as you fight, as you fight normal encountered enemies, it's you don't really have to use it a whole lot. Yeah. But on bosses, you really can't just spam. So, you have different roles for each of the different characters. You have like a ravager, sinist, uh, synergist, medic, mm-hmm. and then commando. I yeah. It's commando, and those different roles um, just kind of I don't even know how to describe it, but. It's like a mage, archer, and warrior kind of sort classes, of, but you have people healer. that are yeah, you have people that are healing you, people that are buffing your skills, people that are just attacking, and you kind of have to press the like the left trigger button to shift through those different paradigms based on how combat is. So if you're getting just wrecked by this boss, you might want to switch to um, like both people healing each other up, or you might want to switch to um, like there's a sentinel role where they kind of just are this tank that takes the brunt of the force while the other people are maybe buffing preparing you to switch back to an all-out attack can you auto them opposed or opposed to having to switch back and forth they the so auto heal does for you i don't really know i think something that, like nino no it's um crap who's hero from what's that game dragon quest 11. dragon quest where you can kind of auto some of the other players you could do that, but I think that would really ruin the experience. Ruin this experience because the the joy and the satisfaction of that combat is shifting from paradigm to paradigm, and really on those giant boss battles, I mean, some of it it's it's seriously like a rhythm game, you know, because you have to switch between each one, like Sekiro. And if you want to, yeah, no. And if you want to do it well, you wait until your people are just about to die, switch to healing, you heal up just enough, go back to the all out fight. And you, what you want to do, the point of combat, is you want to stagger your enemy. Yep. So they have a meter that's filling up. And as you keep attacking, that meter keeps going. And once they're staggered, then that's kind of when they're most vulnerable to attack. And then that meter slowly dwindles, and you want to try and defeat them before that stagger meter dies. Okay. But Yeah, I think I'd be willing to give it another try. I have it on PS3 if you ever want to borrow it. But it's really good times, and it looks beautiful on maxed out settings on a PS3. Yeah, the, was it the opening scene or the... Yeah, the Whatever you scene, sent me was beautiful. Yeah, it's. Good I just stuff. remember Lightning being just gorgeous. She is with her hair and like the cinematic she does, so like with the gun with all those people. Yeah, like I remember that being like, 
Dude, yes. Pink hair, pulls it off. Her little sister pulls off pink hair as well. So I think it's her or Sarah, her sister, that's voiced by... Is it Laura Bailey, the person who voiced MJ in Marvel's Spider-Man? Okay. And then Troy Baker voices Snow in this game, who's uh, the love interest of Lightning's sister. Okay. So there's who's actually Troy a lot of, Baker. Troy Baker plays. Um, he plays uh, not Nathan Drake, but his brother. Oh, okay. Because Nolan North plays Nathan Drake, I think. And then Troy Baker plays his brother. Troy Baker also voices Joel from The Last of Us. And like a gazillion other characters in video games. Okay. So. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to try it again. Yep. It's, it's really, really good time. So I'm looking forward to playing through that. Probably the rest of the week. Well, this was my first attempt at an RPG. Or no, a JRPG. Which... Back in I, the day. Yeah, way back in the day. And I think... I mean, besides Pokemon. It's... It's a big feat to jump into something like this. It's a little overwhelming for sure, but once you get the hang of it, it's it's well, really fun. I think I wasn't used to like how over the top some of the JRPG like storylines and characters are. Mm-hmm. Like after Dragon Quest and Nino Kuni, <coughs> Nino Kuni not so much. I don't remember too many over the top characters, but especially Dragon Quest. Yeah, like your flamboyant friend. Like I'm not used to like how over the top some of the like stereotypical character tropes are yeah so um yeah yeah you should give it another shot you can play it on ps3 or if you get the asus rig here you can uh, play it maxed out settings on your pc yeah i'll probably end up doing that yeah it's good stuff but if that's all the games we've been playing recently why don't we jump into the instagram questions sounds good all right so you can give me a little follow on instagram at re lewis 2011 where we post little queries every friday before we record to uh just get some input from the listeners could be you guys asking us a question, or like I've been doing when I actually get around to doing this, is kind of posing a question to you guys and hopefully getting some kind of a response. So this week, I said, um, ask us a question or tell us a band, members could be alive or dead, that you'd love to see in concert. We got some responses, Ryan. So Sean, friend of the show, says Queen. Well, to see it with Freddie Mercury would be amazing. I'm actually seeing Queen on Tuesday. Yeah, you are. Because my buddy has an extra ticket. So looking forward to seeing them with Adam Lambert. Should be a good show. And uh, so at work, it's funny. So there's this intern that was working for us. And I was kind of his onboarding buddy and his buddy throughout the whole process, the whole internship. And so he was a big fan of Pete Doerr and TV and Lust, Craig, and just a number of the people that I followed on the YouTube gaming community kind of back in 2009 through 2012. Yeah. And so he started listening to my podcast, or our podcast, I should say, and... He just cut me out of that already. <laughs> well, he also started... It's mine. I told him about my YouTube Precious. channel, and so yeah. he was. He went back and was watching some of my videos, and I was working, and I had both headphones in, and he was playing it like without headphones in, and he was playing the top five bands of all time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, crap, because like high school Rusty was obsessed with Bon Jovi. Yeah. Because Bon Jovi was the first concert I ever went to. Bon Jovi was who I grew up listening to, to because my dad was just a huge fan of... The Jove. Yeah, exactly. Uh, JBJ, John Bon Jovi. And so I was worried that my number one band of all time was going to be Bon Jovi. And so my friend Caitlin was just like, oh, play that shit right now. Because she wanted to find out if Bon Jovi was, my, in fact, my favorite band of all time. Fortunately for me, it came in at number three. Ryan. Okay. Nirvana was two, and the Foo Fighters are one. I would say now it's probably Foo's are number one, Coldplay, um, U2 is probably three. Bon Jovi's probably not even in the top 
20. So my tastes have changed. I've matured. I really like that like Korean boy band. Oh, yeah. They're like touring the world right now. Yeah, they're great. I've actually never listened to them. Okay. Yeah, I have a few on my iPod. Okay. And uh, all of that to say, my friend Caitlin from work wrote in and said Bon Jovi. So (laughs) (laughs) You're a jerk. Uh, Femme Trooper, friend of the show, Paige, she said that she's really bummed that she never got a chance to see David Bowie. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. That would have been an amazing concert. Uh, She says, favorite movie score composer, Ryan? Hmm. Well, I don't know names. Okay. Well, I'm a big fan of... Well, John Williams, I think, is the cop-out. He, of course, has done things like Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. I think Indiana Jones, maybe. Could be wrong. Yeah. Well, he's obviously because he has the like a bunch of amazing films. Very iconic films. Yeah. Hans Zimmer is does... probably my favorite. What does he do? Interstellar, Inception, the Batman movies with Christopher Nolan... Um, he did the Pirates of the Caribbean. He did the Lion King. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I watched Mulan, Hercules, and Tarzan, and really any of the Disney. Uh, do they have specific composers? No, those are more just sing-along songs for children. Oh. Well, <laughs> well, that... <laughs> you know, I could be a child at heart. Yeah. As fun... <laughs> that was. <laughs> oh yeah. Who's the real child? I I, I, that was perfect timing. I didn't yeah. mean to have a voice crack there. I'll leave the composer questions up to you. Okay, you that's know fine. things. All right, there it is. Hans Zimmer is coming in at number one. Um, Toast my <laughs> love, Brian, friend from work, says Led Zeppelin. Okay. That'd be a great one. And then Travis asks a plethora of questions, as he typically does. Uh, not all of them are band-related. Actually, none of them are. So thanks, Travis. He says, you've made a PB&J. Which jelly... And do you bite with PB on top or the bottom, Ryan? Interesting question. My go-to is grape. I've tried strawberry, but it wasn't as good, I don't think. Um, I really like it on white bread, but toasted is the preferred method. Okay. If a toaster is around. Yes. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with the, like, flaccid bread. Mm. Um, As far as top or bottom, that's an intense question right there. Uh... (laughs) I don't know. Like, I have sensitive teeth, so, like, go, biting into cold right away can throw me off a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think i probably go jelly on top because I, I like taking risks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm living on the edge. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Okay. I uh, mm. didn't have a PB&J until, like, a year ago. Yeah. So, it's tough for me to have, like, a preferred way of eating my pb and j because i've only had like one of them so really only one maybe two okay yeah so we need to up my pb and j game is really we what do we're, what we're getting at here okay we could have like a pb and j bar and we'll show you all the ways okay we get some mallow you... too mallow marshmallow oh yeah that's what that was my first condiment that you put on there marshmallows are condiments now <laughs> yeah, so... no but seriously there's mallow spread Oh, I was talking, For you put butter. just full-on marshmallows. You get a different consistency. Okay. And then you can always try chocolate chips. <clears throat> and then you get some powdered sugar in there. You can put some ice cream on top. Yum. You just make an entire, like, diabetes-filled meal. I'd be okay with that. No, it's really good. Yeah. Um. So Okay, we'll, say, we'll come back to that question. We'll report back on PB&Js next week. Don't even worry about it, Travis. Well, we can. That's what we'll do next weekend. We'll... Prepare some PP and J's. We'll go golfing, 
And like in the heat of the day, we'll be just pounding PPJs. I forgot we were going golfing next weekend. I sent you an Outlook email. You did, or and I accepted. Invitation. I accepted. I, I laughed. Just I was like, I wonder if because I have your work email on my you computer. Do. I was like. I wonder if he'll respond to this. And I just sent like 18 holes of golf and like did it for Saturday for like six hours. And then I was just like five minutes or like less than five minutes later. I was just like, Rusty Lewis accepted. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't even address it outside. This is the first time we're talking about it or second time. Yeah. Because we haven't talked about it since. I didn't send you a text like, oh, thanks for the invite. Yeah. It was just cool. Okay. We're, we're communicating exclusively on Microsoft. Well, Outlook. like now it's hard as an adult. Like everyone has wives or girlfriends and like rearranging our schedule so like i sent outlook emails for like us hanging out for smash last night well and it helps too because i have um work email connected to phone yeah so i get calendar alerts on my phone like 15 (coughs) minutes before no it's handy so it's kind of convenient um travis we're proudly sponsored by outlook and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah Travis also asks, games your or game. Wait, wait, wait. we didn't singular. even go into crunchier. What what's your favorite type of peanut butter? Uh it Crun- really depends what kind of mood I'm in. Okay. When do you put the nuts in? What kind of mood gets that in there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after hours, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh yeah. When the more, wife is asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's asleep. I go right for the nuts. Yeah, that's right. Um no, seriously, what what's the mood for nuts? Like when do you go crunchy? It's I don't know. It's very specific mood. I don't. I can't pinpoint a time or day. If the sun's up high. The sun's down well, low. Because you can't do crunchy on an apple. I guess it's we. It's too much crunch. Okay, that's fair. Because I mean, you get some smooth. You put it on the outside of the apple. I don't know how you eat apples and peanut butter. I never really cut them up. I just kind of put it on the outside and take a bite. That's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I generally I'm a smooth kind of guy. I'm a smooth peanut butter. Not too. in my social life, but as far as like peanut butter t- preferences. That's true. That's very true. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can do toasted bread and crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, it has to be just regular wheat bread for me, and then a crunchy. I don't know. Yeah, that crunchy consistency is. I mean, because it's a hard crunch. It's not like a toasted bread crunch. It is. I think so. For me. I'd rather do, like, if I just need calories and fats and I do a spoonful of peanut butter, mm-hmm. I prefer crunchy than smooth because smooth, it's like a dog trying to eat peanut butter. It's just like you're licking your <laughs> chops. Yeah. But so you put it in a dish to fight for it for but, extra calorie burn. <laughs> <laughs> but crunchy, you can actually you can actually just take a uh, tablespoon and eat it, yeah. you know? So that's when I prefer crunchy, I suppose. Okay. He also says, game, singular, you're looking forward to beginning next. Well, we just signed up, or you just signed me up for uh, Tales of Vesperia. Definitive edition. So, the Tarkaron podcast. I was recently a guest on that show, again, hosted by Alec, Chronolink91, writes in the show quite a bit, and Zach, ZRPG, he's on YouTube's, check him out, Zach Archer, and we talked about not only the Gentleman's Challenge, which I talked about a little bit on here. kind of failing. I did fail. It's over. The contest oh, okay. is over. Oh, okay. So, so it's official. It's official. I am a rascal, is what they okay. call the people that don't. But, uh, we, we call it other things on this podcast. We do. We talked about, we kind of broke it down, our experience playing the games that we played. And I, of course, talked my talked about playing through Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga on the 3DS, and then um, Metal Gear Solid, which I didn't beat either of those games, but I enjoyed my time for different reasons with them. So Zach should have those episodes up in the next week. I have the link to their podcast in the show notes below. Please give them a listen. They're really fun to listen to. And Ryan and I are going to be joining them probably in October 
or November to talk about a game called Tales of Vesperia. Mm-hmm. It's a game that originally came out on PS3 in Japan, Xbox 360 here in the States, and it was recently remade, HD-ified for consoles today for PS4 and the Nintendo Switch. Potentially okay. Xbox One, I'm not really sure. And what it is, it's a JRPG in the Tales of series that has more of an action-based combat than turd-based. Okay, so kind of like a Nino Kuni? It plays relatively similar to Nino Kuni, I would say. I think you're really going to like this game. Yeah. Great cast of characters. Yuri's the main dude. You have a um, a sub-character named Rapid, who's a dog that holds a Ooh. sword in his mouth, and he smokes a pipe. Ooh. So if that's not worth playing, I don't know what it is. Yeah. So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. It's, again, similar to Final Fantasy thirteen. can run you anywhere from 40 to 70 hours, depending okay. on your... You can grind the heck out of this game. And, oh, I will. And just wreck the final boss. Well, like, my go-to JRPG style is, like... Or even, like, Dark Souls, which is probably not how you usually play it. I like just leveling up that grind put on a movie. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, feeling like a god. Steamrolling the end game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'll like that game. So, to answer your question, Travis, I think uh, Tales of Asperia Definitive Edition for the both of us. Yeah. And Borderlands 3. Of course, except now there's controversy. Wow, controversy. I saw this headline. What's going on? So, there was a, I think a Twitch streamer or a YouTube guy who is, like, like for the last seven years just talked about Borderlands. That's all his channel's about, basically. And he was talking about some leaks, um, some of the... Like Twitch streamers had some private Twitch channels, and they were basically able to take some screenshots of their videos because they subscribe to it. I don't do Twitch, so I don't know okay. how it works. But they were able to come up with some leaks on Borderlands 3 of something. And then the parent company of whoever makes Borderlands 3 sent two private investigators to this guy's house, knocked on his door to like intimidate him and like interview him. And oh, then they okay. did seven... DMCA's on his channel and like just a, more of like intimidation stuff mm-hmm. and apparently they do this for like other games just for leaks and things but yeah there's a lot of backlash but because the other day on Twitter it was literally trending boycott Borderlands 3 and yeah I was, I was trying to get an idea of what was going on the biggest thing that I got out of it was that they sent two private investigators to this guy's house yeah so I mean as far as marketing goes sending intimidation to the person who's literally only repped your game for seven years probably not the best strategy no makes um, sense though they would um i don't know that whole yeah that whole situation is just weird yeah good job yeah but yeah borderlands 3 is gonna be great his next question is ready for autumn yet the fall season i am yeah i i get really hot so just a cool breeze i mean it's been a really hot summer. It has been very hot. Very humid summer here. Yeah. I mean, a couple weekends ago, it was like 115, or that's what it felt like, at least. Yeah. Um, so, for me, on in any other circumstances, I would say yes, except my dog loves to eat leaves. Like, Scooby eats them like it's crack for him. And so, all of that to say... During the autumn season, there's a lot more leaves on the ground. Yes. Like they're kind of everywhere. More food. Yeah. And so I guess all I'm trying to say is my dog food budget is going to go way down. <laughs> because So, I mean, as far as the spreadsheet goes that Lauren has, it's more money for investing in computers and Steam games. games yeah. GOG wishlist games. Yeah. I can't I think wait. I see it as a positive. It is. I can't wait for autumn. His next question. You two have become like Talion and Kelebrimoire. Who's the Wraith and who's the Ranger? 
Oh, I'm definitely the Wraith. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm, I'm like the dark side of this. Yeah, I'm the Ranger. I have a little bit of a light and darkness to me. But Ryan... I'm like purely dark. But Ryan corrupts me. And like, <laughs> yeah. like Hella Brimoire for Talion, I think I've become stronger because of what you've done for me, Ryan. Or what you've done to because me. Because of the darkness. Yeah. I've instilled upon you. Oh, exactly. And uh, Travis also says, like Sean, finally, which band? He says Queen during the days of Freddie Mercury. Yeah. So, great choice. I would have loved to see that. that I'm jealous been. of you going. It should be fun. I mean, Brian May, Roger Taylor still um, on the guitar and drums, of course. I don't know who the bassist is for, for Queen. Does anyone remember the bassist in any band? No. Nate Mendel for the Foo Fighters. I know that. Dude, I don't remember your name half the time. So, yeah. like, as far as remembering the bassist from a band... Probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. That's that's fair. Yeah. Anyways, Ryan, we got some other stuff. Well, first of all, thank you everyone for writing in to the Instagram, Ari Lewis yeah, 2011. Thanks. Follow me on Twitter, Ari Lewis 2011, for updates about the show and anything that's going on in my life. I think that's social media worthy. Also, you can write into the show if you want a more lengthy pod or a lengthy uh, discussion starter, Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. Write into the show. We'd appreciate it. Feedback, topics of suggestion questions feedback we don't care whatever it is anything that makes the show better right ryan yep of course we also got more hypotheticals that we're going to do today so chuck klosterman's 50 hypotheticals 50 questions for insane conversations author of eating dinosaur and sex drugs and cocoa puffs if you want to find more of chuck klosterman's work go to amazon or something all right ryan let's dig into these we did some of these in past episodes it's been a while what these basically are are these really insane situations that Chuck Klosterman goes on in the back of the box here to say that he doesn't really like um, small talk. Small talk, And so he created these as kind of um, a way to alleviate small talk and find more about a person. So that's what we're going to do today. This first yeah. one, Ryan, is uh, mystical clay. I was on a like supplier visit yesterday and we were eat- sitting down for lunch and I was like, is this small talk stuff? I mean, I've known them for like two and a half years now, but like it would be so entertaining just to whip out one of these at like a lunch table. It if would I, because it's so, and, and I'm guilty of doing it too. Like when I go to a client meeting for work for me, and uh, if it's like a nice day, it's like, oh gosh, the weather's pretty nice today. Yeah, because that's just an easy way to break the ice before you start asking them questions they don't want to have to answer. Yeah. So, I'm, I was more like lenient on because I'm getting new set of suppliers, so mm-hmm. they're going the way i was like so hey still enjoying your job like how are things and like yeah but like if i were like hey so if you had a friend who he was dating someone new and he sat down and confided in you that he killed someone by pushing them off the bridge when they were younger <laughs> what would you do also can you give me some costs down but tell me would you let him know if they murdered a kid yeah it would be, <laughs> a nice be like uh way to break crap. the ice that's for sure <laughs> that's for sure um well, let's get into these. All right. Mystical clay is this first one. All right. So it says, a major earthquake occurs in California. After the damage is assessed, workers discover a strange type of clay that was exposed by the fault line. Immediately, certain workers report a bar sensa- bizarre sensation. Merely touching the clay gives them a euphoric, almost sexual sense of well-being. Mm. They only need to touch it once to feel great forever. Soon, thousands of people begin flocking to the clay to experience it. About one in four people feel the euphoric effect. Regardless of gender, age, or nationality, the rest of the populace feel nothing at all. Scientists who study the atomic structure of the clay realize this substance could also serve as the cleanest, most completely efficient 
fuel ever discovered. One pound of clay could power all of Los Angeles for 10 years. However, those who have been personally and spiritually affected by the clay implore the government not to pursue this avenue. They insist that using the clay as energy will destroy mankind's ability to feel joy. They cannot explain what this means, but they overwhelmingly and specifically suggest that this is literally what will happen. In fact, many of them claim that they will attempt to overthrow the U.S. government if the clay is, quote-unquote, misused in any way whatsoever. This is one of those ones that just goes on for too long. Oh my gosh, that's intense. This is That's not even all. It says, you are in the second term of your tenure as president of the United States. The clay has no effect on you whatsoever. Would you support an initiative that allows 5% of the clay to be mined? I don't even know what the fuck I just read. Like, So there's, there's sexual, spiritual clay, and it's also very effective for being power. Would you preserve sexual clay and, like, stop a rebellion, or would you use a portion of the clay and piss off people? Oh, my gosh. This is so bizarre. Like, so- this is so weird. Well, I what I would do is I would I would of course mine the pl- or clay, and I would turn it into like one of the wonders of the world, right? Almost kind of like the giant cube in the Mecca in Saudi Arabia where they do that pilgrimage. Okay. And like you can make it a journey, like a potential spiritual journey to the sexual clay, right? And then what's left, because, I mean, all you have to do is touch it. And if the clay is good forever, like in that sexual clay is, gives you that feeling forever, then you can use the rest of it that's not in that cube or at that monument mm-hmm. to power America. Yeah, I'm going to do exactly what you just said. Because <laughs> I don't know, that was just a really weird question. The um, pilgrimage to the sexual clay. It's like a rite of passage of becoming 18, you know? Yeah. Like becoming an adult, and then you can see if you're one of the chosen. I suppose. It's just, I don't know. Some of these questions just don't make a whole lot of sense to me, but... Are you Googling sexual clay? No. That's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> sexual clay? The pilgrimage to sexual clay. All right, Ryan, this next one. You ready for this? Front page news. Defying all expectation, a group of Scottish marine biologists capture a live Loch Ness monster. Nessie's out there, Ryan. Yeah, he is. And she o- is. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. He's genderless. Not- yeah, we don't know. Don't just... In an almost unbelievable coincidence, a bear hunter in the Pacific Northwest shoots a Sasquatch in the thigh, thereby allowing zoologists to take the furry monster into captivity. Mm-hmm. These events happen on the same afternoon. That evening, the president announces that he may have thyroid cancer and will undergo a biopsy later this week? You were the front page editor of the New York Times. What do you run as the biggest story? Who gives... There's always a vice president. So if the president goes down, who cares? And this is about as political as we're going to get in this podcast. If Trump gets thyroid cancer and undergoes a biopsy later that week, I think that would be doing this country a, a, a service. That's the like least headline-y thing yeah. that we've seen in the last, like, Two and a half years. I think... Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Two and a half weeks, especially. This country's... We're not even going to get It's doing well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I would definitely go with the Sasquatch or, like, Nessie. I think you could do both. Like, do some kind of dual headline of, like, fantasy or reality. Like, Nessie meets Sasquatch. <laughs> like a versus challenge? <laughs> yeah. Butterfree versus Godzilla or whatever. Mothra. Yeah. 
who would win? You might as well pit him in yeah, an arena. Yeah, and then you could talk about, like, can we replicate these? And should we Jurassic Park a Sasquatch? And, like, can we mix them using CRISPR with humans and become giant hairy people? Or, like, finned, like, monstrosities of science? I would sign my kids up for that. <laughs> It's also why I don't have kids. <laughs> because it's not the technology we have yet. That's we'll specifically the reason. We'll get there to cloning. Uh, you good for the next one? Yeah. The Desert Island. Also, right? look up CRISPR, people who listen to this podcast. It's a great technology. Okay. Yeah. It's gene splicing. Ah. They're using a, uh, using it to potentially save someone's life. Oh. Down in North Carolina, I want to say. She's the first like human... Uh, test subject interesting but she she's basically gonna either die in a couple years because of her disease which is uh sickle cell anemia Mm -hmm. or they're going to use this to like turn on like he what is it fetal hemoglobin sorry you're you're like glossing over all right so next card (laughs) the desert island question ryan oh gosh this is another holy the book While traveling on business, your spouse, whom you love, is involved in a plane crash over the Pacific Ocean. It is assumed that everyone on board has died, but then the unbelievable unbelievable happens. It turns out that your spouse has survived. He or she managed to swim to a desert island where he or she lived in relative comfort with one other survivor. She's just lost. Oh boy. They (laughs) They miraculously located most of the aircraft supplies on the beach, and the island itself was filled with ample food sources. The two survivors return home via helicopter, greeted by the public as media sensations. During a press conference, you cannot help but notice that the other survivor physically embodies the type of person to whom your mate is normally attracted. Moreover, the intensity of the event has clearly galvanized a relationship between the two crash victims. They spend most of the interview explaining how they could not have survived without the other person's presence. They explain how they passed the time by telling anecdotes Uh, from their respective lives, and both admit to having virtually given up the possibility for rescue. At the end of the press conference, the two survivors share a tearful goodbye hug. It's extremely emotional, Ryan. Ooh. Pants are off. (laughs) (laughs) After the press conference, you are finally reunited with your spouse. He or she embraces you warmly and kisses you deeply. How long do you wait before asking if he or she was ever unfaithful to you on this island? Do you ever ask? And if your mate's answer is yes... Would that, under these specific circumstances, be acceptable? I don't think I'd ask. I, I don't know if it would be my... I mean, I'd, cur- I'd be curious to want to know, but I don't know if I would. Because I think near-death experiences or with the, like, hey, we're going to die kind of thing, mm-hmm. crazy shit goes on through your brain just, like, chemically. Yeah. So, I think... I would treat that as like an isolated incident and not want to know. I'd just be glad that she would be back. Mm -hmm. But I think whether she would leave me for him, that's a whole different like discussion. But Mm -hmm. I I don't think I would ever want to like, because that would be so traumatic and like PTSD. Like, hey, let me know. You remember that time you almost died and like... You thought you were dead and all the trauma and things you would leave behind. Did you sleep with that person on the island? Like, I, I feel like that would be such... If there's a rift already in the relationship, that would just microchasm it out. Yeah, it's tough to say because... And this is kind of like the opposite of Castaway, right? Because in Castaway, 
Tom Cruise is married to this woman. This woman gets trapped on this island, comes back however many years later, and now his wife is married to someone else. Yeah. And so, like, does she leave this guy back for, for Tom Hanks' character? This instance is different. It's like your spouse is on this island with someone else, comes back, and they, they separate. I don't know. It's, it's very odd. I wouldn't want to read into it too much. I think it would take some time to rekindle the relationship with your spouse because yeah. as much as these people thought they were never going to escape the island, there was probably a point in your mind where you never thought you were going to see your spouse again. Yeah, I think the coping mechanisms would start kicking in either way. Yeah, and I think you would probably seek out comfort, if not from family, someone else. Whether and how long did it say how long she was gone? It doesn't. It just I don't think it did. No, um, but if if they were questioning whether ever getting off the island, then yeah, it's probably a bit of time. Yeah, at least a year or two. If it's a year or two, then it's. I'd say that's completely justified. Yeah, I don't think it would on both like both parties. Yeah, I don't think my question would be whether they had sexual relations. It would be more about like, do you want to still do this? Can we still do this? Like, yeah. Can we come? Can we come away from this and still love each other and spend the rest of our lives together? Or are you in love with this person? Yeah, well, I was listening to something, um, and it was talking about dopamine releases and like. After a certain period of time, I think it was like two to three years, the amount of dopamine for seeing the same person isn't as like stimulating. Mm-hmm. So like it could even like make the relationship stronger, them coming back and like seeing someone else or like being on that island alone, seeing you again, it could rekindle things. Yeah. But like I think at that point after a year or two, which are the numbers we put in there, but like that's completely justified. It is. And to, to your point there with the dopamine releases, like the whole cheesy saying about the distance makes the heart grow fonder. Like Lauren and I did our first nine months long distance because she was on two internships. Yeah. And two, one city was much further away than the other, but they were both, it wasn't like a hop, skip and a jump away. Like no. she was a pretty yeah. fair distance away. And so like the, there were times where it was just like, we could only spend like eight hours together to hang out. So like those eight hours were like, like you really cherish those. Mm-hmm. And then when you were away, it was like, you know, you long to see that person. So so yeah, being on the island, it, the wrench that's thrown in here is that there's this other person that's yeah, wedged to fill into that the, void. Yeah, so I would know. you kill him off? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it gets rid of that like elephant in the room. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That was a good one. Though. I like that. Yeah. Let's try and do something here with your mic here. Let's want to put it on your laptop. What am I doing? Yeah. Just so that's and then just move it forward. Yeah. There you go. So it's more close to your. Okay. Thanks. All right, we're good. Let's do this next one. Ryan, it's hired assassin. Ooh, yes. You're they're expensive. Hi- they're like ten to twenty thousand dollars. You looked into this? Yeah. There's um, I mean, <laughs> no. It's if you go into the um, dark web, there's like a Wikipedia page, and they sell basically everything. That I don't doubt that at all. You were a hired assassin. It was not your lifelong dream to become a hitman, but that is the uh, the vocation destiny has forced upon you. Killing these strangers bothers you deeply. Very often, you are haunted by vivid dreams involving your victims, but you've also become somewhat accustomed to the experience. You've successfully murdered 10 people over the past two years. Your fee is 10000 per murder. See? There it is. <laughs> Knowing your reputation for ruthless efficiency, a member of the criminal underworld asks you to murder his enemy, who is also an also-known criminal. Quote, I really hate this guy, says your prospective employer. He has done terrible things to someone I love, so I want you to kill him. But I don't want you to simply assassinate him. 
I want you to make him pay. I want you to kill him in the most vicious, sinister way you can imagine. Be creative and merciless. And if you do this, I will pay you 25 times your normal fee. Assuming you are already a professional killer who lives outside of society's rules, would you accept these new conditions? And if so, how would you commit the murder, Ryan? Hmm. Well, I don't know. So I, the thing I would weigh would be, is there repercussions for killing someone in a criminal like organization? They'd come after you kind of thing. Would I live the rest of my life on the run? If you're like assassinating regular pedestrians, I guess... There's not, besides the law putting you in jail for murder, there's not too many ramifications. But if you have, like, an entire mob coming after you, Mm -hmm. like, that's some scary shit. But as far as, like, $250,000, it's a good chunk of money. Okay, so let's let's take this this question. Let's strip morality out of it. Let's strip any professional organizations of mobsters coming after you. Oh, okay. This is just, like, completely off the radar. No one would know about it except the person that hired you to do it. And there's really no ramification. If I knew what he did, I could do it. Okay, and how would you? Um, I really like the starting scene in... Um, well, it really depends on the crime. Yes. Because you do it... Yeah, relative to that. If they've hurt someone that this person loves, and he wants you to kill this person because of it, and he's willing to fork over a quarter of a million dollars... They're probably dead. Or they are dead, right? Uh, it doesn't say. It just said he hurts someone that you love but like all of that to say this person probably did something really significant to hurt this person at the well there's so many ways like i think the most gruesome stuff is like the old medieval murders yeah like you could fill like this vat full of shit and have them be like eaten alive by the stuff that breaks down like shit and they basically get eaten from the inside out from those bugs that are trying to eat like eat the bacteria that's pretty gross. as they slowly suffocate and then you just feed them air every once in a while or you could do the stuff where you tie weights to someone's leg and put them on a like a triangle kind of like a triangle shaped horse mm-hmm. or like a wedge and they're slowly split in half starting at their rectum and junk yikes um you could always do the slow route um like cutting off their toes and fingers yeah oh, cutting off their eyelids which terrifies me. like i don't know if this is more of like a torture game like th- well I mean, he said make them pay yeah like it if i think th- uh, like sexual crimes i think are the worst type of crimes because mm-hmm. they're a- long lasting yeah i mean and- that psychologically never goes away for someone like that yeah. eats away at them regardless of whether you deal with it or not in a healthy way it's something you're never going to forget well that's what the i was reading the article when i was in line for chipotle before this and that's what the victims of epstein were complaining about Mm. that that his suicide would not give long lasting what he deserved yeah so like that kind of stuff i mean you could do the old like russian mob ways just cut off his junk and make him suffocate on it like the russian mob used to do that or you can have them like you grind up glass and you have them breathe that glass shards and it's like it destroys their lungs by just shredding their lungs and they suffocate oh my gosh that's this is nuts (laughs) do you i I mean i can go on i've watched a lot of videos on like different crime syndicates and like how different people in history have killed interesting well let's not see i i Love your neighbor <laughs> as yourself. 
But if they fuck with your family, destroy them. <laughs> and on that note, I think uh, we'll just kind of pass the okay. card to the side. You don't want to put your two cents in? No, I think I'm pretty much good. Um, Ryan, I don't need to go to HR for that one. <laughs> <laughs> the brain pill, Ryan. All right, cool. This is a little bit uh, shorter. You were offered a brain pill. If you swallow this pill, you will become 10% more intelligent than you currently are. You'll be more adept at reading comprehension, logic, and critical thinking. However, to other people you know, and to all future people you meet, you will be seen 20% less intelligent. In other words, you immediately become smarter, but the rest of the world will perceive you as dumber, and there's no way you can alter the universality of that perception. Do you take this pill? Hmm. How about you answer first this time? Yeah, so I'm... I'm going to say no. I'm I would say I'm happy with the intelligence level that I currently possess mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm still learning a lot professionally in my career and also just outside of that. Yeah. I don't think I need some magic pill to get a quick fix to be more intelligent but seem dumber to other people. That just doesn't seem like No, that's the same route I was leading. I mean, the more intelligent you become, the more frustrating and the more you'd think about people are thinking you're dumber, mm-hmm. right? So you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is, I can make this or do this differently. And they'd be like, God, Ryan's just so stupid now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what happened? He, he concussed? Yeah. Like, what's up with him? Like, that would be so much more frustrating adding more, what, brain synapses or whatever makes you smarter. Yeah. So, like, oh, I'd lose my mind. I, I'm fine with where I'm at. And I still have, like you said, room to grow. Well, I think you'd think yourself to death. I mean, you'd be drinking coffee at like 2 o'clock in the morning, just like pacing in your house because... Like Matt, where he didn't sleep for like six years and all he did was read and just like have time to himself. Like, I would drive... That would drive me nuts. Yeah, I'd jump off And it like drove him nuts. Yeah, that'd just... I'd go nuts for sure. Yeah, I, I'm fine without pills. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think we, we become a society of quick fixes, you know? We try and just, for diets, just drink these different juices and pill well, eat these Dylan different pills. was talking about like snake juice like doing like fasting for three days and only eating like snake juice who was saying for this? one of Dylan oh did you guys end up grabbing dinner yeah we did how was that at the uh local place yeah the place next door mm-hmm. it was good it was a lot of fun he's hilarious yeah he is hopefully he moves down here I think he is he actually wanted to call me after work to catch up on some stuff some okay. advice so Buddy Dylan of mine, really good friend. He was actually one of the groomsmen in my wedding. Yeah, he wants to work out with yeah, us. Yeah, we're going to get swole. So, don't <laughs> it, Did he voice crack when he said swole? Just now? Yeah. I don't think I did. He swole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just excites my prepubescent uh, yeah. self, Ryan. Mm-hmm. The Meteor. Cool. This is this next one. Earth is... A, oh gosh, these are so wordy. I need to get some water or something. Earth is about to be struck. Well, you drank that, your beer-looking beer looking liquids. First of all, it's poison juice, peach mango flavored crystal light. Mm-hmm. It was tasty. Is that what they call like those white claws? <laughs> poison juice? Pretty much. They're 100 calories worth of... Uh, Who was talking about... Dylan was saying white claws too. And that's just like the most basic bitch kind of beer. It is. Yeah, it's 100 yeah. calories, like zero sugar, zero carbs or something. Like, listen, if I'm going to have a beer, man, I'm going to... Like injected testosterone. Like yeah. Some human growth hormone. I don't really know what you're talking about right now. Drugs. Okay. <laughs> Do them. Should we just keep going with these yeah, hypotheticals? Meteors. All right. Earth is about to be struck by a mammoth meteor. 
Though no one knows exactly what will happen, most scientists assume life on Earth will be totally altered and potentially eliminated. Mm. Everyone on the planet is freaking out. Suddenly, you receive a bizarre email. The government demands that you must fly to Washington, D.C. immediately by order of the president. The email message includes a first-class plane ticket. Once you arrive at the Duels Airport, military police confiscate your cell phone and wordlessly transport you to a secret hangar that houses 10 massive space shuttles. You're escorted onto one of the ships. Not counting the crew, there are 24 equally confused people waiting on board. You recognize a few of these people instantly. Bill Gates, the musician Prince, rest his soul. Yeah. And Oprah Winfrey. When the individuals... This card's didn't age well. Seriously, what the heck? Um, When the individuals you don't recognize begin talking and interacting with one another, it becomes clear that all of them are brilliant scientists, uh, consequential artists, or extremely wealthy political figures. The ship's captain informs all of the passengers that the space shuttle will begin leaving Earth in two hours. He does not say where it's going, although he does insist that anyone who wants to remain on Earth is free to stay behind. You are 90% certain you've been selected for this trip by mistake. Do you remain on board? And if you do, how will you explain your presence to the other 24 passengers? You have no idea if admitting your true identity will disqualify, disqualify you from traveling. Hmm. Well, if it's kind of like an arc to save humanity, I don't know if I'd want to repopulate the world with Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> like, that's not my go-to. Like, yeah, let's do this. I don't think kind of demographic. Children, isn't she kind of past that age at this point? Yeah, and like, it's hard to get it on with Bill Gates. Like, you know what? Mm, like, Microsoft. slap him over the butt with like a Mac. Like, <laughs> take it. Let me punish you. Give you some of my floppy disks. <laughs> You want my hard drive? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let me ram you with my CPU. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The number of times I've made, like, inappropriate, like, computer jokes. Mm -hmm. Like, if you think computer engineering, that's literally all we did during class. It was that and set up a Minecraft server. Sounds very productive. It It was great. I learned some stuff. So, Ryan. About... Sexual innuendos about computers. Would you stay on this ship? Um, and if so, what's your story? Who the story part? I, I think I would stay on the ship. Oh, uh, God, that's hard. I think I'd probably come up with something along the lines of like I created this particular app, like whether it's Uber or it's DoorDash or just something yeah. like that. That's kind of super popular, but like no one. It's not like Jeff Bezos or whatever. That's like the creator of Amazon that everyone knows. Something yeah, a little under under the radar. I, I made Flappy Bird, you know. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I don't know. I'd also want to see what would happen, probably with the meteor, because the likelihood of us getting to any exoplanet, like Mars, is onion and uninhabitable. Like it's been ravaged. It doesn't have the same core or electromagnetic field. Did you see? So that's unusable. Did you see that? Um, not that we would make it. We wouldn't have enough fuel or resources. But there's some planet that's like 186 million light years away from us. That's like 10 times the size of Earth, and it's almost like a replica of Earth in terms of. I they they find a lot of. I haven't seen that one. Okay. No. Um, I'd probably want to see what would happen with the meteor. Like I've seen so many projections of what would happen if a big meteor. Like, even for the few seconds we'd get to see it before we die, mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool. Like, I like the idea of, like, extreme chaos after, like, a 
world or like a humanity killing natural disaster like the it always fascinated me how people react in those type of situations like Like day after tomorrow yeah like i love the crap out of the movie because it's like what do we do if all of a sudden there's these crazy storms that like destroy our ability to talk to each other like how do we react because we've never had to deal with it Mm -hmm. like how would now deal with a plague that wipes out two-thirds of europe Mm -hmm. like the uh bubonic plague or pneumonic plague now that they're they said it's airborne so it'd be pneumonic plague okay but like how do we react and that stuff fascinates me because i like understanding how societies work together or don't Mm -hmm. um as far as space goes we never end up we just be living on a ship pickings aren't good like mostly dudes i think purple rain would be hot but (laughs) like (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'd probably stay I'd stay behind and just take one from the team and die. I think I probably would too. I just don't see Also the... loved ones. I guess that's cool. Or watching society. I was I was approaching crumble. the question like again, removing myself from like my, my family and friend relationships. Like normal. Yeah, exactly. It's just another day for Rusty. And <laughs> I'm yeah. emotionally destroyed. I don't know. With these questions I try and like strip that out of it and just yeah. think specific to the question what would i do you know yeah and so far i've taught everyone how to murder people and watched wanting to watch humanity crumble and so <laughs> did bill gates right up the butt yeah. so mm. all right this next one kicking the clydesdale ryan okay i just found these to be a weird horse were they bred that way to get all the like fluffy feet hair i don't even know what those are it's like the uh, Budweiser horses. Oh, okay. It's still not answering my question. They're a horse. <laughs> <laughs> God, how many? How simple can I get? Yeah. Okay. Let us assume. <laughs> <laughs> Let us assume. Let us assume a fully grown, completely healthy Clydesdale horse has his hooves shackled to the ground while his head is held in place with thick rope. He's a he's, he's <laughs> conscious and standing upright, but completely immobile. And let us assume that, for some reason, every political prisoner on Earth, as cited by Amnesty International, will be released from captivity if you can kick the horse to death in fewer than 20 minutes? What kind <laughs> of question is this? Would you attempt to do this? Wait, Wait, what? What's the benefit? Let's assume that, for some reason, every political prisoner on Earth, as cited by Amnesty International, will be released from captivity... If you can kick mm. this horse to death in fewer than 20 minutes, what does that mean? I don't get it. So, I mean, like Iran takes political prisoners. Um, China takes political prisoners usually as like a leverage to get us to do specific things. So they would be released from their captivity. And we get those U.S. citizens back, essentially. So anyone, so, uh, prisoners of war. Okay. That's kind of the thing. But now they're... Because there's no real official wars going on. It's more of a pawn. Like, I think Russia had a few that they just executed. Interesting. I Gosh, this is such a weird question. Would you kick a horse to death is no. the question. No. That's it's sick. So you'd let thousands of people die? If that's the trade-off, then okay, i kick a horse I'm to d- death. My but... problem is, where the hell would you kick a horse hard enough to, like, kill it? You would like, need, they're like, a brutal... They're, like, 2,000 pounds. You would like, need, 800 pounds. You would need, like, spikes on your shoes or something ridiculous. If I had spiked boots, I'd kick a horse to death. To save I would be scarred or something? for the rest of my life. God, that would be so brutal. You but would like, need so much therapy after that. 
Yeah, but I'd, hmm. I I do it for the betterment of other people's lives, but I wouldn't be happy doing it. Yeah. Like that sounds like cruelty to animal animals is yeah, some of the worst things that you can do. Yeah, that uh, I'll I'll do it for the people. Yeah, take one for the team. We've got three of these left, Ryan. Which one out of office politics, the porn painter, shock the people nicely? Which one? Was Actually, there? first. So this is day two. Okay. Rusty seamless transition makes it seem like it's still day one, but we uh, we put three cards off because we had to do some relative stuff. Yeah, we had some. Your aunt and uncle were over, and then Lauren and I were chilling last night. She was looking for a game to play where she literally said that I can explore and collect things. And she didn't want to play ukulele. Well, she did want to play ukulele, but that would mean I'd have to dock the Switch. I'd have to unplug the Retron 5 or PS4, hook it up to the TV. I didn't want to deal with all that. Yeah. So I said, what can you play on the PS4 that I already have installed and downloaded? And Jack and Daxter is a terrific 3D platformer from the PS2 days. And I, of course, have the HD version for PS4. So I said, hey, you're going to love this. And she did. Nice. She played it for about two hours. Oh crap! I forgot to turn off the air, Ryan. That's all right. Entertain the list, dude. This show, man, we just we do it right on our talk about this. Yeah. So I spent my night. I um, I actually watched a movie, and it is Anita Battle Angel. And my phone's going off, so we're real professional oh, today. <laughs> um. So Anita Battle Angel is great. Was it? I loved it. So Captain America was. Or not Captain America, Captain Marvel. Yes, was meant to be like a female-led film, like powerful women and stuff. I don't think they did it well. It was cringy to me, but Anita Battle Angel is how it should have been. Just epic like, proportions, she's awesome, so badass the entire movie. Like I want to be her. Nice kind of like levels of awesomeness. It's definitely worth seeing. So if you want like a great woman action chick flick or not chick flick just action flick flick watch that one okay i'll add it to the queue of things to watch that i probably never will okay so we'll have to watch it together because it's oh it's great awesome so good glad you liked it so let's start with office politics okay let's deal with this right now you work in an office ryan Mm -hmm. generally you are popular with your coworkers. however you discover that you are currently there are currently two rumors circulating the office gossip mill and both involve you. The first rumor is that you got drunk at the office holiday party and had sex with one of your married coworkers. Oh. This rumor is completely true, but most people don't <laughs> believe it. The second rumor is that you have been stealing hundreds of dollars of office supplies and then selling them to cover a gambling debt. The rumor is completely false, but you virtually but virtually everyone assumes it is factual. Which of these two rumors is more troubling to you? Having sex with a married coworker or having to pay off your Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes debt by selling office supplies? I think mm, the married one, probably. Like, it, if I don't get in trouble for embezzlement, then I'd probably go with that one. Like, that's what I'd want to everyone to think. That you were selling office supplies? Yeah. Yeah. Because you can go to jail or at least get fined. Mm-hmm. Maybe go to jail for embezzlement. But- I'm not really sure. Yeah, but I that would ruin people's lives. Even though apparently it's true that I cheated on what well, they cheated. I guess in this hypothetical situation, maybe you're single, but you basically wrecked it at home elsewhere because. Oh uh, yeah, I would want that to be a secret. Yeah, I yeah, because that might ruin kids' lives. That would ruin the husband's wives. I could also get a girlfriend out of it. So that's true. Wreck a home, steal a woman. 
But then that doesn't bode well for a foundation of a relationship. No. So I think I'd probably do the same. I that laundry does not need to be aired. That's pretty bad. Yeah. You said you did um, hypotheticals with Lauren last night, right? Did you end up doing just a few of them? Yeah, we were kind of all over the place. We were thinking about do we want to go to our normal place um, that we go on Friday nights, that bar? And they were like, no, uh, we'll just chill here. So then we did like two or three of the hypotheticals. We talked about the island one Mm -hmm. that we talked about earlier this episode. Yeah, what was Lauren's opinion? She was kind of on the same train of thought as me. Uh, The biggest question you have to ask yourselves once you're both back together is, can we move forward with this? Yeah. Regardless of what happened on the island. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of like bygones speak bygones. Like, if you guys had sex, whatever, you thought it was basically the end of the world for you guys. Um, But can we move forward together and still be good? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we kind of settled on the whole thing. Hopefully none of you guys are stranded on islands. Hopefully not. <laughs> if anyone's going to be stranded, it's going to be her. Yeah, she she's going flying everywhere. So, uh, all right, office politics, good stuff. Let's say, save the porn painter for last. That just seems really interesting. Okay. Shock the people nicely, Ryan. Here's another large one. You're given the opportunity to create and direct a feature film. The studio offers you a huge budget, provides you with a top-notch writer and technical staff, and allows you to cast whomever you desire dogs dropping balls <laughs> that's scooby dropping not balls. his balls because they're gone but yeah that's true there are, <laughs> poor guy there are oh s- you little ballless bastard oh you're so cute hey oh just let him sit there okay there are essentially no limitations on what this movie can be except for two the movie you make has to fulfill the following two criteria one it has to be extremely edgy and transgressive you want to grab him yeah you need to shock okay so you need to confront taboo social issues you need to shock people ideally the film will address ideas that have never been tackled by mainstream filmmakers in fact if this movie is not the most controversial film of the year the studio will probably not release it however it has to get a pg rating it cannot be r or even pg-13 there will be limited profanity minor depictions of violence and fleeting nudity but nothing that would prompt the ra- uh, the ratings board to go beyond the PG classification. What is the premise and plot of your hypothetical movie? I feel like we could do an entire episode on this. Yeah. I think, like, half the cast would have to be transgender. Yes. Because that would make it edgy, but there's no, like, murder scenes and things. Um, someone's in love with a dog. Yep, that's a taboo social issue we were dealing with these days. <laughs> it's a real problem nowadays. <laughs> Just dog loving. Um, half the like a portion of the cast have to be furries. Yes, that don't get along Absolutely. with the transgenders Can't do it and the it. dog lovers. Uh-huh. Um, someone thinks they're a cat. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because why not? Because cats is coming out and it looks cringy as shit. Yep. Hmm. What else? Let's see. Body modifications. We can do that. Yeah. So like weird piercings. Yes. Like someone's half robot. All right. Yeah, and he thinks he's a cat, but he's a cybonic, a cybernetic cat. Okay. Yeah, like Cats and Dogs, the movie. We should probably throw the Quaker Oats guy in there, too. Yeah, I mean, he really has a key role to play in the plot. (laughs) He should definitely be. (laughs) He delivers oats to the gang of transgender people. Okay. And then they go to war, mild violence slash nudity of the cat people Mm -hmm. against the cat dog lovers. Okay. And then, like, in the end, they all, like, you have to have one, like, murder scene. 
they get like impaled by a unicorn cyborg guy. Yeah, like the horn just goes right through the stomach. Yeah, and then mild nudity of like cat ass. Okay. Just right at the end, just having a cat walk off into the sunset. Yes. Is he holding like a beer, like a cigar or anything like that? Oh, it's definitely like a Cuban cigar because they're... Uh, we need to get the edgy piece in Yeah, because there's an embargo. <laughs> <laughs> what do we call this movie, Ryan? Um, hmm. I don't know. There's so many random things. We're allowed to swear? We've said the F word like five No, 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 like in the movie. Oh. Fuck it. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> All perceptions of reality yeah. gone. Furries, dog lovers. <laughs> this is the biggest summer blockbuster since Jaws. All right. And there could be Jaws in there. That's right. He's making a guest appearance in Fuck It 2. Shock the return. <laughs> Shock the people nicely. Netflix exclusive coming next summer. You better anxiously anticipate that film, people. The Porn Painter is okay. up next. You need to have the inside of your home painted. Okay. A thorough online search of available professional painters indicates that one candidate is especially ideal for your needs. In more ways than one, I bet. He has earned high approval ratings from past employers, and he is relatively, or and is, we don't know the gender yet, and is relatively inexpensive. However, when you continue, when you contact him by phone, he mentions one strange detail about um, his work habits. He insists on watching pornography while painting. Quote, don't worry, I don't masturbate to it. It's just for entertainment. Therapeutic, if you will, he says. But it's the only way I like to paint. This I being like the- to watch people roll around as I paint roller around. Exactly. He says, uh, what are you doing? But it's the only way I like to paint. This being the case, I'll need to use your DVD player to view my personal collection of erotic films <laughs> while I work. I may also use your cable service to purchase on-demand or pay-per-view porno- pornographic movies. But I will itemize any movies I watch and subtract the cost from your overall bill. Do you employ this pornography enthusiast as your house painter? God, no. That's really creepy and weird. Yeah, I... Ugh. Especially if I have, like... Oh, using your services. Well, like, I I don't know if there's anything on Netflix, but it would be on your Netflix service. Yeah, that's true. You Future use- Furry is watching porn. Oh, okay. That's just another day <laughs> the Ryan household. Yeah, that would be so weird. Like, and then all your neighbors, depending on how loud he has it. Yeah, I mean, he might, like... Like, like send, full blast. Like, Cindy Lauper, like, he's cranking that those that tunage Ugh. super loud. There is no way. And, like, if you had a family... Yeah, no, that's not okay. Mm. Like, what if the mailman comes up? Or, like, the Amazon delivery service. You have to sign off on a package because you got a game from Japan. blasting porn in the back. Yeah. And you just hear this... Yeah, we're not even going to go there on this podcast. Yeah, I'm like... Ugh. That's really weird. So don't employ porn watching painters. Definitely no. But uh, wow, that that, that is like a weird break the ice kind of question at like a work. <laughs> yeah, that is a question. Well, if if there's anything about Otaku Brothers you can uh, take home with you, it's that we inconsistently deliver mediocre stuff. That's true. We and, had air conditioning. We had ESPN, the app. And, we had a bunch of dog stuff. Yeah, but anyways, that all saying, in the beginning of the show, I said I was going to do Rusty's retro recommendation. Oh, I forgot. Well, that recommendation happens to be an RPG. So next week, Ryan and I are going to do an episode kind of from the ground up, building our ideal RPG, borrowing mechanics from some of our favorite RPGs, JRPGs, action strategy. The possibilities are endless here. And so mm-hmm. if you guys want to write in with your ideal RPGs, borrowing mechanics from 
your favorite games, the story, you can write it from scratch if you want, or you can build upon an already existing franchise. Really, there's no uh, rhyme or reason to this or restrictions. You can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. We think it should be really fun. And uh, I think with that, it'll come some... It'll come with recommendations for Ryan and I from some of our favorite uh, RPGs. So yeah. Speaking of RPGs, I started Tales of Vesperia. Save that for next week. Okay. Brief impressions. Three words. Go. Um, Japanese mm-hmm. style RPG, <laughs> <laughs> which is shortened to JRP. No, it's it's very it's very much a jrpg mm-hmm. like the names make no sense like the names of places yeah it's ridiculous yeah blasteria or whatever yeah it's... blastia i think it was sure and then when i went to watch the battle angel and i was like okay i have to put that down because you i want to understand the story so i ended up starting a um a pikachu only yellow version run interesting yeah so you have to have an hm whore so my pokedex is gonna have probably two people if lapras can learn like ground stuff for like rock smash yeah and strength yeah, yeah but if not it's going to be a three like two hm whores and a pikachu okay yeah so that sounds see. like good times yeah lots of grinding dog you're going ham yeah he has this new little hedgehog toy he's green <laughs> he's really cute but he's like three times the size of scooby's head and uh he's having a good old jolly time ripping this guy up anyways thank you all for listening to the talk about this podcast if you want to write it into the show Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ari Lewis2011. Ryan is FutureFurry6 on Instagram and <laughs> Twitter. Check him out. He's a lot of good stuff on there. Some creepy, definitely not suitable for all ages. That's very true. Thank you for watching, listening, however you consume this podcast these days. I don't know. Yeah, while eating breakfast. Yeah, sure. On the way to work. Green eggs and ham. There it is. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with our RPG special episode. Ryan, any parting words? Yeah. Any um, RPGs you guys enjoy or any thoughts on your ideal RPG or JRPG? Let us know. Because we did do an, an RPG episode where yeah, we went like through stuff. too many RPGs. It was like a, episode six or something. Yeah, because there was like a million and a half types. Yeah. Well, oh, Lauren just got back. back from the grocery store. So there's one more interruption for you guys. Ryan, we'll see him next week. Thanks for see listening. See ya.